like our communion time. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Abbey Bible Church, and welcome to our communion time. Um, let's, uh, well, let me first do some explanations. One, for those who are new in the church, uh, why I'm still keeping my beard, uh, that's uh, because I'm trying to support my daughter who shaved her hair for cancer research, okay? So I promised for a year. So for this next whole year, you're going to see me have beard up, you know, up and down, up and down, okay? I'm trying to explore what my wife can tolerate, um, okay? <laughs> and uh, um, for those who knew the church, also, why do we have communion every Sunday? Well, it's because when I came to this church, I actually tried to simplify our worship and then to make it more, I mean, shorter in time, okay? But I searched the scripture, and the only evidence I found is that every first day of the week, when you gather, you break bread. <laughs> so I think since we, are, we call ourselves the Bible Church, we better stay with it. Okay. Yeah. If people can't tolerate this 15 more minutes, then so be it. Okay. We trust in the sovereignty of God. But we are glad to have this communion every Sunday because I believe theologically, baptism is when you recognize that God has washed away your sins once for all, and then you died with Christ and you rise with Christ and you now walk with Christ. It's a lifetime change. However, as you walk with Christ on this earth, you do step on cow dungs. That means sometimes you, you get into sins, you, you commit sins um, because of weakness. Not that you want to, but because of weakness, that happens. And when that happens, your conscience, your revived conscience will nip at you. And you feel uncomfortable. And then you only feel whole again when you come clean to God. And the communion is a way of a reminder. Okay? It does not do the magic, but it is the reminder. When we do communion, remember Paul have reminded the church in Corinth that if you don't have a pure heart when you do communion, uh, something bad will happen to your health. You could get sick or die, right? So that's why every time when we gather on Sundays, we have a time of confession. And then we do communion, okay? And if there's something that you can't confess because you just won't change in repentance, then don't take communion. Let it pass you. Okay? But if you can confess, that means vowing for repentance change later, then uh, you can come clean to God. You have a cleared conscience. For the next week, you live in a comfortable state that you can come close to God without you, well, being blasted. Okay? So that is why we have communion every Sunday. That's why we have a time of confession before taking communion. So let's give God a moment of silence, then we pray. Holy God in heaven, we come to you to acknowledge your greatness and your goodness. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you for what you have done for us. And uh, you are the holy God, the one and only eternal being separated from the world, the creator of the world. 
you are the standard of all moral righteousness, holiness, and justice. You are the standard that you passed through your moral attributes in the uh, image of God in the humanity that you breathe into. And it's by the same standard you will judge humanity when we fail. And thanks to Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, eternal Son, that you send into this world to live as the only God-man, the only perfect man. That he didn't deserve death, but he took death upon himself on our behalf so that we who have fallen short of your standard of righteousness now have an open door. The, a narrow way, though, to come back to you through the body and blood, the mercy and grace of Christ Jesus. It is in his name we come to you to acknowledge you as not only our creator, our judge, but also as our father, his father who is now our father. Thank you for regenerating our spirit, sanctifying our soul, and the promise of glorifying our body. We who are in Christ Jesus, we believe we have been elected before, we have been saved now, and we will be glorified in the future. And it's by this faith which you gave to us, we come to you today with the humility, confessing our sins in thoughts, in words, and in action in the last week. And then we promise that we want to change. We know we do not like having this separation between you and us. We pray for your forgiveness as you promised. We pray that you remove the barrier between us and you. We pray that you make us whole again. And we pray that with that, you bring us closer and closer to you, knowing your word and knowing you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ.
last few months of our uh, devotional communion, which some of us call it the, the first sermon, <laughs> and uh, we have been reviewing Christ in Isaiah, right? Isaiah is the biggest book, one of the biggest books, the second biggest book in the Bible, right? 66 chapters. And it's also the second most quoted book in the New Testament because it has so much prophecies about Christ. Isaiah has a beautiful design structure, and it has a lot of numerical uh, wonders. Uh, I found out it has four songs of the servant, four supplements of that, four songs of the Messiah, and four odes of Zion. And then we have been doing the fourth ode of Zion, which is the longest. Okay. God said that Zion, <coughs> Israel, is the capital, was the capital of the physical kingdom of God, for which God has a special heart. He loves Jerusalem, Zion. However, as the capital of the physical kingdom, God has demonstrated through the history of Israel that having a physical kingdom does not bring you to moral holiness. Okay? Unless you have a, regenerated, a regeneration by the Holy Spirit of your spirit, then sanctification in the soul as in the New Testament, okay? Then gl final glorification, which will bring you to the spiritual kingdom, okay? In the New Testament, in the church age, and the full kingdom after the second coming. So the physical kingdom, the visible kingdom was, in a sense, set up to fail, okay? It's kind of tragic, but it's necessary to show us that the flesh does not contend or uh, is not harmonious with the spirit, okay? So we have to be regenerated in the spirit and overcome the flesh to become spiritual, okay? So Israel and Jerusalem had fallen. It was necessary, but it's not the end. God has lifted up the church uh, as the spiritual kingdom of God higher than the physical kingdom and uh, God reached out to the nations, people like us from all nations, all tribes and clans, and uh, none of us are of Jewish bloodline, but we have been, we had nothing to do with God, but now we have everything that God can give, okay? That's grace upon grace, for which we should be grateful, thankful, and willingly obedient. We try to know God more, therefore to have closer relationship, trying to obey God more, therefore not only knowing that we are loved, but also knowing that we are liked, that God is pleased with us. And that's our stage that we should reach. Okay? This is the church's path in the spiritual kingdom. But that's not the end. Jerusalem will be restored. Israel will be restored, but only in Christ Jesus with their repentance and faith in Christ Jesus as the true Messiah. Okay? And with their repentance of their sins, of all their unbelief before, and this only happens after the church is raptured and after they put up their antichrist on the throne of the world, and then after their antichrist or their Christ, start to persecute them, only then they come to realization that they have been wrong, that Christ is right, 
and the church is right. See, see, the church is given everything to shame Israelites, okay, so that they will find out we have gotten the best that is supposed to be theirs, but it's given to us, such as pre-tribulation rapture. Okay, so after that, Israel come to faith. And then what happens later? Well, this is what God said to Israel. Chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be, be glad in my people. And there will no longer be uh, heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my chosen ones shall wear out the works of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. It will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolves and the lambs shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the dust shall be the serpent's food, and they shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So here, Isaiah described what will happen during the millennial kingdom of God. The 1,000 years when Christ shall rule physically in Jerusalem together with his bride ruling on his behalf, but he will rule through the physical people in the, physical, uh, in the kingdom through Israel as the first nation. That is fulfillment of God's promise to Israel. And by the way, his fulfillment of his promise to Israel is an enhancement of the promise that he will definitely fulfill his promise to the church. Okay, so Israel is not the church. Let's not return to Israel. Let's recognize that we are the expanded spiritual Israel, the higher kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom, which is guaranteed to enter the, the full kingdom, which has two stages. The 1,000 year fulfilling God's promise to Israel, and then eternity future fulfilling God's promise to the church. Okay, so God is perfect. Everything he does has a time, and then in time it seems to be not perfect, but at the end everything will be. And the reason that everything can become perfect is because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is God. He became a man. He had no sin, but he died for the sinners. And uh, on the cross, he had his body broken. 
He shed his blood, but on the cross, God's justice is realized in he dying for us, and also God's mercy and grace are realized in him opening the narrow way for us to come into God's presence at peace at no, uh, and the, uh, the ceasing of warfare with God, all because of his love and his sacrifice. So as we take this, remember the sacrifice he made and uh, call our soul to a proper response in gratefulness and in obedience. The body of Christ was given for us, broken for us on the cross. We take this bread in remembrance of him. The blood of Christ was shed for us on the cross. We take this drink in remembrance of Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming to this world to show us the truth about who God is, who we are, and what must be done to restore us to God's presence. You have done it all. You paid it all. And it's by your payment on the cross that we are freed from our bondage, our debt to God. And uh, I pray that... Uh, your redemption of us will not be in vain. You have sent the Holy Spirit to regenerate our spirit, and then as we are listening to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, we pray that the sanctification of our soul is becoming complete, and we trust that the glorification of our body will come in your good time. Whether or not we live in a time of rapture, or we have go through the valley of death and resurrection, we are satisfied. For in you, we are at peace with God. And now your Father is our Father. Thank you for your love. And we want to be responding to your love with sincerity, with honesty, with repentance, and then with uh, obedience. And we pray that through this obedience, you will bring us reward and full joy. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.